1: Welcome to TMZ Live, Charles here. Baby in here. So we have some video that is really brutal that we have to share with you. Something that happened to a fan uh, Sunday night in Tampa. So um, there's a rapper named Nardo Wick, uh, young guy, 21 years old, up and coming. He's had some, some, some big hits yeah, with uh, he's other artists.
2: Features with uh, 21 Savage, Lil Dirk, others. So he's, he is up and coming for right.
1: sure. Uh, but he had a show in Tampa on Sunday night. And one of his fans after the show wanted to get a photo with him or get some video of him right so you're gonna see Nardo in this video is sort of in the background wearing a white hoodie he's getting into an SUV when the fan walks up and two people who are clearly with Nardo's camp right. we don't know what in what capacity entourage
2: members maybe something like that friends
1: they decide that they don't want this uh, this kid to get a photo or video and watch what they did it is and police, are now looking for the suspects here. Jeez. So yeah, you can see. So at the end of the video, there, Nardo is the one who's running up, trying to pull pull back uh, the people who are uh, bashing this young
2: man. But at that point, the damage was done. He was clearly, to me, it looks like he's knocked unconscious. There. Yeah,
1: I, with the first punch, seems like he was unconscious on his feet. Right. Uh, And then the flurry of other punches. So the victim's name is George Obregon. And uh, he is in the hospital now. And what we're told is that he has suffered a possible concussion and may even have some brain bleeds. Right. Um, We have joining us right now George's mother, Michelle Obregon, and his friend, Connor. uh, Who was on the scene. Connor was there that night. So... Uh, we want to find out more about what happened and why this happened. Michelle and Connor, welcome to Team Z Live.
3: Hi, guys. Thank you so much for allowing this time.
1: Yeah, I'm right up uh, off the bat, if we could just get an update on how George is doing. Uh, I s- it looks like you're in the hospital right now, right?
3: Yes, yes. We are still currently in the hospital. Um, can't get too much information, you know. Like like you said, it's an ongoing investigation. Um, so we just you know, we're uh, just taking this time to, uh, you know, informing and trying to get the word out and, uh, you know, making sure that this doesn't happen again to someone else.
2: Um, Michelle, we heard that from cops that George is in critical but stable condition. Can you tell us if he's, is he conscious? Is he alert at this point? Um, can you share any details like that?
3: Um, I, it's correct, he's in, he's in stable conditions. Um, so, you know, um, still still being monitored. I'm um, still uh, trying to see, you know, what, what will be the damages um, after right. getting it said and done.
0: Um,
1: so Connor, you were there that night, Sunday night after the show, had you both been inside? Did you go to Nardo's show? Yeah,
4: so we actually both were VIP. We both had VIP tickets to go into the show. Mm. And if you look at the beginning of the video, that's me with the, the V shirt on right there. Okay. And I was I was just a few feet behind him when this happened, and it was just, I was stunned when everything went down.
2: So we were told that uh, George was going up to try to get a photo. Um, do you know if, he, was he saying that he wanted a photo? Was it clear to the other people? Yeah, pre- did he even yeah, get did, any,
3: yeah, was he able to
1: say we anything? Were,
4: they were exiting the club, and um, we were walking, we were, you could see I was walking towards Narnia too, we weren't, it's not like we were running or anything. George was just walking towards Nardo with his um, with his phone up, mm-hmm. and then the guys that were around him, they didn't hit him at first, they just kind of looked at him, and he was like, hey, can I get a picture? And then out of nowhere, the guy hit him from the side and just knocked him out, and then the, guy, the other guy continuously hit him while he was knocked out.
2: Right, so it sounds like it was clear that George was seeking a photo, wasn't threatening anybody, and that was kind of going to be my next question. Do you guys feel like they might have felt threatened or provoked? Because, like, based on what you're describing, it sounds like they they nope. knew exactly what he was there to do. And
1: the level of violence, like, even if they didn't want him to take a photo, but to use that sort of, that level of violence to get rid of someone is uncalled for, clearly.
4: It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's completely ridiculous because even even if you don't want someone coming up taking a picture of, your artist or your friend or whatever's going on, to hit him and stun him is out of the question, but right. to continuously hit him after he's on the wall, leaning, like not even responsive, right. it's just never happened.
2: Yeah, because the the first guy swings on him and you can tell George is like stunned, there, frozen. And then the second friend of Nardo's, it seems, does this uppercut uh, and, and basically just cross the line. Uh, so. I'm, I'm curious, with Nardo, it seems like in the video, he tries to pull one of his friends off and tries to kind of stop it. Obviously the damage is done at that point. But what happened
1: after what we see in the video here?
4: Uh, Nardo tried to pull the guy off, and he did pull the guy off, and I was I was just honestly stunned because I didn't know whether to go in and get hit myself, and then us both be on the floor, or us both get jumped, and I was just stunned, and I took a second, and I thought about it, and. They were like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car Mm. and they all they all rushed in the car. And then finally, like when they like cleared from George, like I ran over and like I tried to sit him up and I tried to talk to him a little bit, but he was just he was groaning, he was unconscious. He couldn't
1: Michelle Michelle, I can tell and if we couldn't control him, don't roll the video again. I, I can see that you're it's upsetting to you to see this. Have you been able to to talk to George? Has he been alert? Have you been able to talk to him about what happened and um, and what what is, his you know prognosis is going forward?
3: Um, so yeah, I mean we we've been talking to him and you know we we've been asking him questions about what happened, things like that. Um, not to go too much in detail. Right, uh, doesn't remember a lot. Um, so you know um, just. I have no words. I have no words to say about that video when I finally received it.
1: Have the police been there and have they spoken to George? Um, and we so, know that they're investigating, but I'm just wondering how far along they are.
3: So yes, um, they uh, they are investigating. It is an ongoing investigation. There's um, uh, not much answers yet, um, so I, I don't want to mislead or give false information. So uh, the my only. My my only thought right now is my son. Um, right. My only thought is you know his health. Um, this is this is a good way of of getting this out. Not only because of this situation, but if this happened to me and this happened to my son, uh, me as a mom, our family, there's there should be hundreds or thousands that this could have happened to with in another situation. And that's where that's where we need. Our public figures to become public figures. Um, our youth thrive upon them, and they have the platform to educate and mold our youth. Um, and and what we call art, it and what we see that's art. This is not art anymore. Um, you know, artists are using form of music for for something else. And you know, you have such a great possibility, a great platform to, to mold the use of tomorrow, you know, I mean, sadly, they're not using it for good.
2: Do you guys hold um, this against Nardo specifically? Because he wasn't the one who, who hit George. It seems like it was two of his friends who did it. Um, but do you think that Nardo has a responsibility to kind of rein in his crew and his camp and kind of like, you know, explain and make some rules on like how to deal with people?
3: Um, I don't want to comment on that. Okay. Um, I, 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 you know, I have I, I don't have any words for that. All I know is, I I don't want this to happen again. Okay. I want I I want to make sure my son is safe. My son is healthy. I want to make sure parents out there don't get that call at 1:47 a.m. like I did. That your son is in the hospital and we need you to get here as soon as possible.
0: Fair um, enough. Okay. That's well. a
3: call you don't want to get. So um, you know, I I just want to make sure that everyone is aware, everyone that was involved was aware that this was not right, this was, this was not needed. Right. Um, it was just for a picture. I mean, we take pictures, it was just for a picture. It was yeah. just for, and I will live with that for the rest of my life. It was just for a picture.
1: Well, we wish you the best. We hope that George's uh, his recovery uh, goes well uh, and quickly, but um, I know this is a tough time for you. Thank you so much, uh, both of you for being with us.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time out and speaking with us. Thanks, you guys. Reagan, I want to roll the video one more time because what the police have told us, where they are in this investigation is they're trying to identify the the attackers. Right. Um, The first guy, obviously, we can't see with his back to the camera, but that next guy, he's pretty clearly seen there. So the police are asking if anyone has any information on who... Uh, these individual, you individuals. You also got to imagine are,
2: they're probably going to reach out to Nardo himself to right. maybe get to the bottom of that, but right. we'll see.
1: Yeah, you would think so. So uh, we'll see how that investigation goes. Well, Diddy is feeling the repercussions um, as we have been talking about ever since Cassie filed the lawsuit against him, which settled. Mm-hmm. The question was how much or how long will all of these allegations? sort of be haunting him, and right. by the way, and since he settled the lawsuit with Cassie, there have been two other lawsuits filed, and he continues as he did when they were filed. He is denying all of the allegations, um, but there are clearly gonna be some repercussions, and now they're feeling it at one of his companies in his empire, and that is- One of when- his
2: biggest, actually.
1: Yeah, uh, Revolt TV. Um, we found out this morning that uh, Diddy is stepping down- Temporarily. As chairman. Temporarily. It's, yeah, they do. They are. I think it is important to note that they say temporarily right. uh, he is stepping down, which always made me think immediately, well, when do you come back? Right. Um, <laughs> and that's the tough thing that he's got to juggle now because he's clearly, Diddy is plugged in and he knows what people are talking about. Court of public opinion. Obviously, the, the Cassie lawsuit is settled, but these other two. Um, We don't know what's going to happen. They They, they may end up in court.
5: Guys, I think this is a very big deal. I do not think this is just... It doesn't sound to me like somebody who's just doing something to temporarily get out of the way while they resolve a couple cases. The fact he's stepping down, to me, means that these lawsuits are not going to go away immediately, he doesn't Mm. think. And maybe, you know, he's concerned that other people might come out of the woodwork. He has said this is purely a money grab. You take him at his word that he thinks that. but. If it was just purely a money grab, you'd think it's something that a man of his means could get rid of pretty
2: quickly. Right, well, he, uh, he, he could settle it quickly like he did with Cassie. He hasn't settled the two lawsuits that and are remaining. I think you're right, yet.
1: Jason. It's an indication that maybe he's not gonna settle these and that he intends to actually go to court. And it's gonna right. last for a while. I think it's also possibly an indication of what the response has been from some of the employees at Revolt. I know I've seen at least one story of um, uh, an employee there who Announced that she was stepping down because she was a survivor herself and thought oh, wow. that she didn't want to continue working there while Diddy is being uh, accused of these of
2: such allegations, and she's choosing to believe the accusers. Right. Um, we should also note so she stepped down in terms of Revolt and Diddy. He's not, from what we're hearing, he's not involved in the day-to-day operations. He's more of like a you know figurehead chairman type sort of thing. Right. Still, is the fact that he's still associated and affiliated seems to have triggered this employee. Yeah. Um, and honestly, with these lawsuits and just the whole thing in general, like you got to wonder how this is going to affect his other businesses. He's got Siroc right. out there. I, I read a report last week saying that Macy's was supposedly getting rid of Sean John. I didn't know if that was related to the lawsuits or not, but the fact that I, that surfaced around that same time last week, right. I, you just got to wonder what's going to happen with him next.
5: Yeah, I think the Sean John was already scheduled to go out. There we go. Um, but but Ciroc's a big thing. It's a huge money maker for him, obviously. And right. uh, it, uh, are people going to be less likely? To, to buy that. There's so many options out there. You know, you choose vodka for whatever reason, that might be an easy one to pass off, pass up now. And we've seen this affect many, many other people in their businesses when they get sort of this, you know, tiptoe towards cancellation. Mm. I think we might be seeing that with Diddy.
6: Walker Rose, Brooklyn, New York. And I kinda, and I just wanna agree with you guys because this situation with Diddy, I feel that this is a great move. He needs to step down. He needs to just chill, sit somewhere quiet and you know, mind his business and, you know, hopefully that even if, just say, if he settles or if something goes in his favor of revolt, he needs to just leave it alone and just, you know, just step down. Yeah,
1: Uh, look, we we say this, uh, we've said it frequently over the years that it's too easy to take a snapshot of right now. Right. And right now it feels like everything is... Kind of against him. Against him, but... Public is fickle. These, you know, look, you can't say what things are going to be like Six months or a year from now, right? Nobody can. Diddy can't. We can't. So, all right. Uh, moving on now to Robert De Niro, who is heated. Yep. He is Love really this. upset
2: now. Love this story. Uh,
1: there's several people he's upset at here. Uh, first and foremost, Donald Trump. Yes. Um, and Robert De Niro had some things that he wanted to say about Donald Trump, as he has been saying for years. Um, and the platform that where he wanted to say it was the Gotham Awards. Uh, a film
2: award uh, show that was going on last night in New York City. Yeah, they honor like indie movies and stuff like that. He He was presenting an award for his film, Killers of the Flower Moon, and during his speech, it sounds like it was cut short, and he made everybody aware of that right from the top. The beginning
4: of my speech was edited, cut out, I didn't
2: know about it, and I
4: wanna read it. History isn't history anymore. Truth is not truth, even facts are being replaced by alternative facts. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four, thank you, years in office. And he's keeping up the pace in his current campaign of retribution. So I'm gonna say these things, but to Apple and thank them and all that, Gotham, blah, 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 Apple, but who I don't feel like thanking them at all for what
2: they did. How dare they do that, actually? Wow. So So, it
1: sounds like when he says Apple Plus were the distributor on the film? Yes, they are. They
2: they produced the film. They financed it and distributed it. So he's pointing the finger at Apple. It's unclear who actually edited his his speech. Maybe it was a Gotham person. Maybe it was, in fact, somebody at Apple. But in
6: any case, he didn't appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I think that the, the Gotham people probably just don't want to put on a crappy show anymore. I mean, <laughs> we're also, I don't even care what the political message is. It's like everything has to be about politics these right. days, and nothing can ever just be about entertainment. I love Al Pacino. I love him, and maybe I don't agree with him politically. De Niro, I- you meant. It, but it's just like... Or, it's,
1: wait, you, did you mean to say Al Pacino? Oh, as did I a say Al Pacino? It? Oh, yeah. now yeah.
6: come, because I was just talking about Al Pacino. I right. did not even <laughs> <You> mean <laughs> to say that. Robert, you meant Robert De Niro, De Niro. The other Niro, who I also love Al Pacino. That is so Tawanda's fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just, I think everything has too much become of, about politics these days. And I, I wish we could go back. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I so but badly Mike, wish know, we could go back.
1: It's not, it's actually going to get, if you think it's bad now, it's going to get know. worse the closer we get. to, uh, to, it's an election year next year. This is probably nothing,
6: Charles. We've seen nothing. I mean, it's going to, it's going to ratchet it up to a level. And obviously Donald Trump is uh, barring something crazy happening is going to be the the Republican candidate.
2: And and imagine if he actually wins the presidency. Then we're in for another four years of speeches and De Niro bat, all this stuff. So it's a, it's gonna start all over again. Buckle up. Yep.
3: Hi, I'm Lauren Conlin from Manhattan, New York. And does anybody actually care what that old man has to say oh, politically? Oh
2: my goodness. I think
3: he's in <laughs> that was in love not- with Donald Trump because he's been talking about him for years and years. And man, I agree, not the
0: time or place for politics. How ungrateful to talk about your, your film and the company that produced it that way by Robert De Niro. Wow,
2: was not expecting that opinion coming out of Manhattan, but there you go. Uh, people not on De Niro's side here, all interesting. Of, all
1: opinions welcome. Yes. <laughs> all right, I'm excited about this because I feel like I'm about to go to school. Yep. Um, and students, I'm gonna go to a, a course that students at Harvard are going to be taking, and very I, soon. Since very I soon. did not get into Harvard, this is actually very interesting. <laughs> uh, the course is called "Taylor Swift and Her World." This is a course starting next semester uh, in the English Department at Harvard. Right. Uh, the University of Florida is also doing. They're doing uh, their own version of it. So class like that, and I have to say, for my alma mater, that. Arizona State has one in their psychology department. I think they did, they did
2: it first probably then, yeah?
1: Uh, last semester. Got it. Or this semester, I think. So anyway, um, this is just really interesting. I mean, obviously, everyone knows the phenomenon that Taylor Swift has been this year. Yep. And it is interesting that I, I think even Fair Harvard could not ignore this phenomenon anymore <laughs> and decided there was a, a place for this in the curriculum. Yes. So joining us right now is uh, Professor Stephanie Burt, who will be teaching this class starting next semester at Harvard. Professor Burt, welcome to TMZ Lot.
6: Thank you for
2: having me. So I guess we could just ask the obvious question. Why or how? How How is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is, is Taylor why is it Swift? Important? Right, why is, this, why is she worthy of academia
6: study? So different parts of academia are going to have different answers for that. Um, I'm a literary critic and a literary scholar, and I try to study and share, you know, excellence in the arts that use words, right? Some of those arts are page-based poetry and novel writing, and those are only words. Uh, other arts use words plus, right? Uh, writes use words and actors and bodies moving around on stage. Songwriters use words and music and performance. Taylor Swift is one of the great songwriters of our time. Um, she's Unlike some of my other favorite songwriters, let's say Scott Miller or Amelia Fletcher, in that uh, Taylor Swift also happens to be phenomenally popular, partly because she's so good at songwriting partly because the kind of great songwriting she does is quite accessible, and partly because she's also good at the other aspects of having a pop career. She knows how to look good. She understands how to relate to her fans. That's one of the things that she actually writes songs about. And so I am, I'm really lucky because someone I am a fan of, who I think is a great artist in the kind of art that she does, which is songwriting, happens to have this massive constituency, which I'm part of. So I get to not only share her work with this you know, long existing fandom, some of which is at Harvard and think about how songwriting works and, and what makes her so good at it, but also to connect it to the work of other artists who she is linked to stylistically or generically or
1: thematically. So, oh, is this something that um... You brought to Harvard and said this would be a, a worthwhile course, or was this something that was that other staff members were uh, faculty members were talking about? and this was a a group idea to uh, to teach this uh, class?
6: The answer is is neither. um i've I've developed courses like this before where I realized that that's that's how I developed a science fiction course I teach every couple of years. When I realized that I really care about something and think it's worth studying that my students already like the thing and want a course in it and that we don't already have a course in that i talk to the students and i figure out if there's a constituency for that course and then i figure out if i am the right person to teach it and if if all those answers are yes then i try to develop a course so it became clear that if i taught this course, students would take it. And it became clear that I could not only use this course to think about a major artist of our time, but connect her to some other major artists who maybe, you know, died a while ago and, and worked in, in other media and other genres.
1: Well, Professor, we, we have to ask the obvious question.
6: Will there be uh, a chapter on Travis Kelsey? Well, <laughs> we are gonna look a little bit at how that relationship's been covered and it, how her relationships have been covered, one of the things that you see, and you see this with other major artists of the past, uh, especially with women, because that's how patriarchy works, um, coverage of her as an artist has proven indissoluble from coverage of her relationships, both because women tend to get looked at more in terms of who we're dating, uh, especially, you know, especially straight women, maybe, especially women whose relationships are with other celebrities. And of course, that's what she writes about. All Too Well is a great song. And you're going to need to think about her relationships if you're going to study that song. Um, you know, uh, what's another good example? Out of the Woods and Style and One and a lot of the stuff from 1989. You do need to know who Harry Styles is if you're going to really do those pieces of artistry justice. So, yeah, we're looking at her relationships because she. <laughs> Songs about them, but the focus is on on her as an artist. He's on the lyrics, Got okay. Uh, final question, no, professor. No, 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 no. Not just the lyrics, the songs, song lyrics and Got music. It. I think okay. the big mistake here is just as if she published books of lyrics. Uh, she's a songwriter, so when you study song lyrics, you have to think about how they sound and how they fit in with vocal melodies and arrangements. Got it.
1: Excellent. Uh, last question. Um, this course is starting next semester, so I'd imagine. Um, you have some idea of how many people are going to be in this class? Um, what, what's,
6: what's the number? How, how big is this class going to be? I, I believe we're just under 300 people. Wow. The thing about it is, well, I, I mean, I have help. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have MJ, who's a great teaching assistant. I'm hiring other teaching assistants. I'm not doing it all by myself. Of course, that sucks. Wow, so there's huge
2: interest in this. I'm,
6: I'm not surprised at all, actually, to be
2: honest yeah, with you. Yeah, totally makes
1: sense. I, 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 get it.
2: I, I get it. I do think that people, and this is just this is a complete stereotype, but I do think like general people would be like, oh, snobby Harvard students are into Taylor Swift. Who would have thunk it? Taylor Swift <laughs> applies to all. all. She crosses all borders and barriers. And yes, even the Harvard elite are into Taylor Swift, it seems.
6: <laughs> I don't know that my students are any snobbier than other students. There we go. All right. Thanks so much for being with us, Professor. Wow, man,
2: what a world we're living in. Very interesting. Indeed.
1: All right, so when we come back, Beyonce's mother comes out swinging for Beyonce. Uh, You know that everyone had questions about Beyonce's appearance at her movie premiere. Was something seemed lighter about her? (laughs) Those were the comments. Well, uh, Tina Knowles is going off on everyone. White people, black people, shut up about Beyonce is her message. Welcome back to TMZ Live. If you come for Beyonce, you're gonna have to deal with the beehive, Yep. and I think even more fiercely in this case, you're gonna have to deal with her mother. Yes. Uh, because Tina Knowles uh, saw and heard a lot of the uh, comments uh, on social media, on TV, on blogs about Beyonce's appearance at her Renaissance film premiere over the weekend. Um, where a lot of people were questioning, does she look lighter than she normally does?
2: And to be frank, she... Was it she, filter? Yes.
1: Was it makeup? What's going on? Um, and woo, uh, Beyonce's camp was not saying anything about it yesterday. But Tina has a whole lot to say about it now, and she is going on the attack. Uh, she said, in part... Uh, How sad is it that some of her own people, Beyonce's own people, continue the stupid narrative with hate and jealousy. Uh, I am sick and tired of people attacking her every time she does something that she works her ass off for and is a statement of her work ethic, talent, and resilience. Here you sad little haters come out the woodwork. Jealousy and racism, sexism, double standards. You perpetuate those things. Instead of celebrating a sister or just ignoring if you don't like her, I am sick of you losers.
2: And we should just say she addressed the lightening of the skin specifically. She said people are questioning whether Beyonce bleached her skin or lightened her skin. But she's saying no, she she was she addressed the the light hair, the blonde hair, the platinum blonde hair, the silver dress. Uh, she said it's, it, it, it's all on theme for the Renaissance store. But interestingly enough, she, she didn't really seem to like tackle head-on. Was Beyonce not. powdered? Because she does, in fact, appear lighter. Like, she in does. all the photos that were taken of her that night, she does, in fact, appear lighter than she normally does. She's not saying
1: it, but you tell... I, I don't know. I, I'm reading between the lines. She's saying, yeah, of course her skin was lightened with powder, makeup, whatever. But you idiots, that's the theme and you should have gotten it.
0: Also, you idiots, because Beyonce was born a naturally fair-skinned person. Beyonce is not this like dark-skinned person. She's naturally a very light-skinned woman with these lights beaming on her. That may have made her tone look a little bit lighter, but at the right. end of the day, she was born a very fair-skinned uh, a woman. So she's always been light-skinned, so it's just kind of crazy and out of the woodworks for people to be like going this hard on her look when she's always been a light-skinned woman.
1: Part of the reason I think people ask this is, not because they're accusing Beyonce, but because they think someone has lightened her skin. Right. And that's why, and that's part of the, some people, I agree, I think there are, like Tina said, there are haters, but I think some people are asking on Beyonce's behalf.
0: I honestly, but I, at the same time, I think they're trolling because you have to know Beyonce is so pro black. She is very, very brown skinned girl, heavy. Right. She's very much so very leaning onto being proud to be black. So the right. fact that they, they would even think or that she would be considering to bleach her skin to look white or to be uh, white, to come passing. Across, yeah, to, right. to come across as a white woman is crazy because she's one of the most uh, vocal women in the industry when it comes to being proudly black.
2: And to your point, Tawanda, Tina actually posted a video. A, video, a compilation of Beyoncé images, uh, images of Beyoncé. She was playing brown skin girl over that video. Uh, to kind of emphasize and highlight what you just said, that she is very pro-black, and she's not afraid of her black identity, never shies away from it, kind of pouring water on the notion that Beyonce was trying to pass as a white woman, like you said.
0: Again, she also has two black daughters, and she's been very vocal about making sure that they're okay with being comfortable in their own skin. So to me, this whole conversation is just crazy because Beyonce, really? Come on, come
1: on. (laughs) Right, as (laughs) as Tina said, She said at the end of her very long statement, she said, Beyonce is probably going to be mad at me for saying this. I don't think she's going to be mad at all. Right. I think she's defending her daughter the way Beyonce just, just would expect mom, her Just
2: mama bear be. being mama bear, basically.
7: Exactly. Hey, guys, this is Debbie Charman in Atlanta. We that Georgia. OK, Tina. Tina is being a mom. She is protecting her child from this online criticism. I don't blame her. I'm a mother with adult kids. I'm light skin just as Beyonce. And what a lot of people don't understand is as the weather changes, the season changes, Mm. our skin gets lighter. My skin gets like three shades lighter in the winter. Mm. And my friends even tease me about it. As you see, my hair is blonde. (laughs) I've been a blonde for 40 years. I'm a mother, grandmother, and it's just who we are, we can be diverse. That doesn't mean we lighten our skin. Right. So in all fairness to Beyonce, she could have had a filter on it, could have been makeup, but I don't think she bleached her skin, because Beyonce, one thing we can say about her, she is proud of who she is, and the skin she is in, and I am too. Go be, and mama, <laughs> protect your child, there you I go. don't mm-hmm. blame
2: that, I, right. that explanation I had not thought of, the fact that, yeah, my, my brother, for example, has like a darker complexion, and in the winter, he turns pale just like I am right now. So I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe that's an it has explanation. To do with
1: not actually getting any sun during the winter, because right as we know, it's dark when you get at work. Right, if it didn't work, it is dark when you leave. Right. All right. Uh, moving on to another uh, proud Houston native, uh, Travis Scott, and he is back on tour right now. Uh, in the middle of his Utopia tour, right, trying um, to mount this
2: comeback in the wake of Asteroid, etc. Right. And so
1: far it's been going well. It's been going well. Uh, there have not been any issues, although there was one at his show last night. Nothing violent. Right. Um Just a couple that was arguing, and for some reason, Travis actually noticed this in the crowd and wanted to fix it. Stopped the show to put the spotlight on this couple and tried to play counselor. I see a
6: argument
1: right there. Right
0: there. Put the spotlight on right there. Hey, I see y'all arguments. Okay. Right? No, 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 okay. Security back up. This is a love thing I think they love today. today, hey, y'all gonna have a good
1: <laughs> time today. Not doing that. So what I want you to do right there, I want you to give her a big hug real
8: quick. Stand up. Oh, okay. You gotta give them a hug like a level. You gotta give them like a real hug like you just one of them. Like.
6: There okay, go.
2: there you go. So you got her, got him to make up, seemingly.
6: Travis's uh, heart was obviously in the right place here, but yeah. I've been that fan before, <laughs> and bro, you made it so much worse. <laughs> now everyone's staring at you. The car ride home's gonna be absolutely miserable. And right. she didn't. Like,
1: she didn't seem really into the hug, into the hugging it out. No. I mean, she only did because of the crowd was cheering. Right.
2: Yeah, I think he, you're right. He might have poured more fuel than water. Yeah. Here. yeah. Well, good luck to them. yeah. Uh, we just hope love wins. yes.
1: Elon Musk's visit to Israel, uh, where we showed you he toured um, some of the villages where the Hamas terrorists attacked on October seventh, toured with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He also met with uh, some of the families of of the hostages and, you know, said that he was going to uh, he's going to wear a dog tag, that right. he's going to remember this until the hostages come home. Certainly seemed seemed earnest in um, the discussions he had with people there. Right. But a lot of people, as we said yesterday, are looking at this as just a PR
2: move. Yeah, because again, he, he is facing a lot of accusations of anti-Semitism and they're mounting and they're mounting and advertisers are fleeing over it. There so it's people, affecting, it's affecting. People say they're not going to buy Tesla. Right. It's because so of it's, this. it's affecting him and his businesses. So he went to Israel, he's showing face and a lot of people are kind of saying it's phony. Oh. Uh, whether it is or not, doesn't seem to matter, at least according to Don Lemon. Right. We got Don Lemon out at
1: LAX and asked him uh, about this Phenomenon with Elon Musk um, should is it right to call him out uh, for what some people view as a publicity stunt uh, Don Has this take on it.
4: What do you make of Elon Musk being in Israel right now? Like surveying the damage and that sort of stuff.
8: Well, actually, I think it's a it was a really good move for him to do that How come? Uh, because I think he needs to go over and see what's happening I know there's been a lot of controversy about the retweet yeah. and, and all of that I think in order to be informed, it's good to go where it's happening. A lot about. of people
4: think it's a PR move because he has been recently accused of making a sandwich.
8: Well, what, he's still going to learn something yeah. if he goes there, whether it's a PR move or not. So I think it's really smart of him to do it.
2: That's interesting. The fact that he's saying whether it's regardless, real it's or not or whatever, he will learn something regardless.
4: Well, as he's been fending off this backlash, the thing that he said was actions speak louder than words. I think mm. that is in part why he went to Israel, but it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out on X, and if he's gonna change policies, if he's gonna make sure that there's less anti-Semitic speech. And a lot of people are also calling him for go- to go to Gaza since he went to Israel. They're saying you should see both sides of the issue.
2: Yeah, and I think actually in our, our full clip, which people can see on the website, Don actually addresses that too. Our, our cameraman, Charlie, asked him, hey, should Elon go to Gaza and see, or or the West Bank or whatever, and see the other side of the wreckage and, and the ruin and everything. And Don Lemon encouraged that as well, too. He said he should see all of it.
1: Yeah. Actually, I, I, uh, it will actually be interesting if he goes there. And I know that part of uh, the reason he was there, that there had been discussions about him using Starlink for to bring communications to Gaza. Right. And Israel was at first against, they were against that, that. that. yeah. And said that, you know, Hamas, the ter- Hamas That's is going to use terrorists, it for right. terrorism. Um, but Israel seems to have softened on that. Uh, and so there's, looks like that's something that's going to happen. But, um, the one, the one thing take, I, I, I know yes. what Don is saying that some good can come out of it no matter what the motive is. Sure. But that assumes that Elon is genuinely going with an open heart and mind and
2: trying to learn something. Right. Because if he's not trying to learn, if he's just showing up to take photos, sure. then it's not going to get through. The one thing I hoped, I would have hoped to have been asked here was what is Don Lemon doing these days? Is he just like not in news it's anymore? Is, or po- just no, kind of running it's, it's around? that podcast going? Does he? Yeah, he's got
1: a podcast going. Okay. That's news to me. So that's he's doing that now and we'll see what the future
2: holds. Nice.
8: Mark Silverstein, Washington, D.C. I want to unpack a couple of the points you're talking about. First of all, you're talking about whether or not it was possible that this was a PR move. It's 100 percent a PR move. Mm. Uh, I mean, the rest of us don't happen to, you know, don't get to go show up in Israel, get toured around by Benjamin Netanyahu, make sure there's cameras around during a ceasefire. I mean, that that's not available to the rest of us. So it's a 100% PR move. I think it's a good one, though. Lemon makes a good point, which is love him or hate him. Elon Musk, he is an influential person in history, yes. and he should be making these kind of trips. Uh, he should be seeing what's going on in Israel. Yeah. Um, he should also get a better... Uh, Kevlar vest—the one he's walking around with—looks like he's he's wearing a bib from Red Lobster. Yeah, the, everyone has
1: commented on that vest. The little yeah. kitty
8: bulletproof vest. Yeah. Oh man! All right.
1: Well, Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumpert's marriage coming to an end. Um, we know that uh, she has filed for divorce. What we Found out last week is that she had actually done so secretly. Done it secretly back in January, even yeah. though they didn't announce their separation until September. Right. That was intentional on her part. She did not want this to uh, Go to be public. something that was they were dealing with in the public. She had right. filed their divorce documents in Georgia with just their initials, so no one knew this was going on until Iman filed something in the divorce and put their full names in there and that's how everyone found out and that's causing uh, a lot of problems now it's bad enough they're getting divorced but now it's even more nasty because of that
3: but here's the thing like what is the end game for amon you would assume that maybe he is so upset and so bitter that he he was the you know the one that yeah. wanted to to bring this all to light because their separation announcement
7: seemed very cordial in yes. December. No one would have ever thought that there was any, um, you know, rift going on Yeah, here, she, was
2: calling him, she was calling him like, oh, our, my best friend, right. we're co-parenting successfully. And to her point about what does Iman stand to gain? Very good question, because he looks awful in these divorce docs. He comes across as jealous and trying to control her,
7: in this, her that, eyes, in her eyes.
2: but says. the fact right. that these, these allegations were floated and on Twitter over the week, and I saw this trending, people were pro Tiana on this. So right. I don't know if him and his team miscalculated something, but they said, oh, let's go public with it. Now you look bad. It's just it's just so weird.
4: Jesse Esparza from Wilhambra, California. So more often than not, we do hear about celebrities, uh, divorces and other legal matters. So I'm really not sure why Iman Shepard's attorney had to file a legal motion to reveal their names, especially when it was private for a while. I like basketball. I like Iman Shumpert, but I have to side with Tiana Taylor here
2: (laughs) because it just seems petty. Mm. Yeah, well. Petty and backfired, by the way, so. That's the allegation she's making about him that he was petty
1: throughout the marriage. Uh, All right, what else do you guys wanna talk about?
4: My name is Timothy Slater from San Jose, California, and I'm talking about the Nando story. And I think it's terrible that you have to have your crew around you to push other people you know, around and and beat up a little kid like that, a fan that just wanted a picture, you know? So that's gonna cost them a lot yeah. of money at the end of the day. And that's the thing, so, even though
2: he didn't do any of the hitting himself, the fact that they were his entourage him, and friends did it, it reflects poorly on him in the they end. they were working for
1: him. Yes. Uh, one more real quick.
2: Hey, it's Macaulay in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. And I wanna talk about De Niro and the Gotham Awards. I'm with De Niro on his anger. In fact, I am offended on his behalf, but not necessarily because his comments were about Trump. In general, I think he's just trying to start a cool trend because it's kind of old and busted that acceptance speeches at awards are always so positive. Thank the man upstairs, thank your parents. I
8: think De Niro starting a new trend where it's like Festivus air your grievances, <laughs> call up people that have been opposed to you. The yeah. drama teacher that said I wouldn't make it, go pound sand, things like that, let's go.
2: Yeah, it's a little early for Festivus. Right. Festivus is December 23rd, but hey, never too early to celebrate, I guess. I like the idea. Yeah.
1: Well, when Al Pacino and Noro uh had their baby, everyone wondered, are they going to get married?
2: Yeah. Um, hmm. Probably not, his non-marrying streak seems like it's going to continue. He's in it, whats 83? He's 83. 83
1: and has never been married, why do it now? Well, maybe, or maybe not. We got an answer, we got Nor Alfala out in Beverly Hills yesterday, here's what she said about prospects of them getting married.
3: I know you and Al reached a custody agreement with her baby Roman, are you guys still going strong? I know a lot With of people. Al? Yes. Al yes, ma'am. Okay. I mean, do <laughs> you guys see yourself getting married, maybe? I don't think so. Why not? I'm <laughs> not You're not a what? I'm not much to get married. It's not important. Okay. Okay. Are you guys spending the holidays together? Uh,
7: yes.
2: Interesting. So they're still <laughs> together. They're still going strong. She says she's not the marrying type, but I would argue... He is not the marrying type. He's never been married in his entire life. I think
1: they're both not the marrying type, so right. uh, great for them. Uh, it's working, it's working. There you go. Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow.